Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Hey, uh, good morning again. Uh, if you're new around here, you probably have not seen me because I've been gone uh, last uh, few weeks. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. Although Dave Nelson did a fabulous job uh, last couple weeks, he's actually going to be joining us on a more regular basis uh, here at Timberlake. Excited uh, about that. Uh, this week, we're kicking off a new series, uh, and I'm excited to be doing that because I was sick for the last a couple weeks, you can probably hear it a little bit in my voice as well. Uh, and I tried to talk too much, and then I got laryngitis. And so I could not, I literally could not talk for over a week. Do you know how difficult that is for someone like me? Now, my wife was walking around singing worship songs around the house. Uh, but but it, it was, I mean, I mean, it got so bad that finally I hadn't been talking to anyone uh, when I'd get a phone call, you ever get the phone calls and it says, uh, the warning, scam likely? And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is about. Hey, how are you doing, you know? And I, I just uh, was really excited to have uh, my voice back and to be back uh, because we're, we're, what we're doing is we're starting a series based on First Thessalonians called Hope Agent. And really, uh, this will dovetail a little bit what Dave was talking about. In 1 Thessalonians, we see uh, how we live out the assignment that God has for us and, and really how, how we believe and how we behave and how we, we point our lives all go together um, in this book of 1 Thessalonians. Last couple of we, uh, months, it's been great to see uh, some of the celebrations around D-Day, 75th anniversary of uh, D-Day. Uh, some of the soldiers who some are still alive, which is amazing. Uh, you just hear the stories of personal sacrifice. That when when there was uh, these despots, Hitler and, and and Mussolini and others trying to to control the world, that there were people who stood up in courage and said, even though it would be great personal risk to me, that that I'm going to. Uh, really fight this battle literally on the beaches of Normandy. One of the things we forget as, as a country, if you're from this country, is when it came to World War II, uh, just how late to the game we were as a country. We actually were quite late. The war had been going on for years, 
uh, before we got uh, involved. And, and you get it in a, in a sense, even though at that point it was already on several continents and, and uh, that was going on. There's a group of people in our country uh, called isolationists, and they were saying, you know, that, that, that war out there, it just, you know, it seems so far away and we're not sure how bad it is. And so why don't we just focus on our own thing and hopefully everything else will take care of itself. Well, as years went on and then they learned about the Holocaust and literally millions, over 10 million people killed in the Holocaust and, and, and finally the war was brought to our shores in Hawaii uh, that we got involved. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how we live our faith uh, every day. And if you're here, uh, by the way, and you say, you know, I'm not yet a Christ follower, I'm not even sure I'm interested, I, I still think you're going to be able to get a lot out of this. But what, who I'm really talking to today is those of you who have said, I've crossed the line of faith in some way, and uh, I, I want to live that out, or at least I want to know what that's about. Well, in 1 Thessalonians, we get to see not only how the Apostle Paul came to this group of people in shared faith, but also how there was an assignment he gave to them, and it was an assignment from God. If you're uh, not a Bible person, this will be a great book to look at. And In fact, in Acts 17 is the story of how uh, they really first came to faith. This book, 1 Thessalonians, is one of the oldest books uh, of the New Testament. It was written around 50, 51 uh, A.D. It's a short book, only 79 verses uh, in all. But it's very pointed as there was this group of people who got so many things right, but really needed encouragement in, uh, in their faith and in sharing it. We read in 1 Thessalonians 1.1, To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. Will you underline grace and peace to you? That really is, that's what we want. We want an experience of God's grace, of his love, and that peace, and that really gets to the universal question, where do I find my hope? And, and as, as you think about that, uh, in, uh, we can get it from all sorts of places. One is sort of an internal confidence, and that's not bad, uh, where, we, where we believe in that God has given us abilities. But that can run out at times when there's something that's bigger than our own world, when there's a cancer diagnosis. Talked to a friend, actually got promoted to a uh, management role in a tech company. Uh, company got bought out and the whole division uh, was cut and so got laid off. And so, so there's a limitation to that kind of hope. There's positive thinking. Uh, and by the way, I am for positive thinking. I am not for negative thinking. Uh, the Eeyore spirit is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. I just want to let you know that. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, there's good positive thinking, and, and it does say in Romans chapter 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, but again, there's certain, I, I was talking to someone even today who's going through a difficulty in a marriage relationship. And, and, and sometimes positive thinking, it, it can't change the whole narrative. And so that hope can fail. And then there's other people. Uh, this is usually when we think of hope, is we have hope in a relationship, hope 
for someone, and I hope you do in your family, especially this uh, VBS uh, weekend. But sometimes there can be great disappointment there. Dave, Dave Nelson, we've been friends for 20 years, and uh, he has gotten a lot of gray hair. And I, I, I pointed out to him, I said, because uh, I'm that kind of friend, and uh, uh, I said, Dave, you've gotten pretty gray. He goes, you know what? And I've named my gray hairs each for a person who attends my church, you know? And because oftentimes there's, there's people problems. Uh, Bruce Larson, who... Uh, great pastor passed away uh he he was also a psychologist and, and he described that sometimes when it comes to hope in people uh that we make the mistake the the bible uh gives us instruction oftentimes what we do is we trust people and we love god and, and bruce uh, said you know that's not what the bible says to do do you know that nowhere in the bible does it say to trust people and now for my paranoid friends this has just affirmed you in a major way uh, it, it does call us to love people. You're never not once commanded to trust people, but you are called to trust God. And that really leads to what I'm describing, number four, is a biblical optimism. And this is an, an optimism that's not based in necessarily uh, circumstance or how I, I, I feel, but on, on what God is doing in me and would do through me as well. And, and this is an optimism that looks at the reality of life, even the difficult ones, but with an eye of hope. See, I, I, lo I love those, I, I love stories, comeback stories. My brother-in-law was on a, uh, a river cruise in Europe and uh, sent my wife and I a, uh, a text with a couple who had attended our church down in San Diego. Uh, in fact, I think we had even talked to them about this couple uh, before uh, great couple, uh, the guy, Terry, he had uh, been in business in Montana, commercial real estate, had really a pretty good life, and then he, he'd come to a place where it sort of fell apart. And unfortunately, it fell apart in his early 60s. Uh, he had been in a marriage that was not uh, an easy one. And even though he was committed to it, uh, his, his spouse, finally through actions and and words ended the marriage, and his commercial real estate business uh, evaporated and actually went under, and he'd had some health problems, so he, he, he got a job down in San Diego uh, with this new startup company uh, providing some professional services, and after about three years into it, uh, they realized that it wasn't going to make it go, but he saw an opportunity in it, uh, and so he bought the company for one dollar, uh, assuming all the liabilities. Uh, now, he didn't have a lot of money, so he said it wasn't much of a risk. Uh, but, but with that, uh, he did that. So, and he was able to reorient the company, working with actually some of the biggest banks in our country uh, when it came to his niche market. And so here he was. He, he starts over again around 64 years old. Not a great time to be starting over. Uh, and five years later, the company grew, and he sold his share for $12 million. And that's why he goes on riverboat cruises. Uh, and don't you love stories like that? Don't you love stories? I love those stories. But what we often, we see that as, hey man, look at this guy, he's great, five years, 12 million bucks. But what we don't see is a failed marriage and health problems and a bankruptcy that came before it. And we always want the resurrection, which I think is a good thing. But we don't often understand that what comes before that is 
difficulty is, is, a, is a cross. Now, the, the Thessalonians, they had a form of faith. Oftentimes when we think of the Apostle Paul sharing faith, that he's sharing to a bunch of people who had never heard about God before, and that's not true. They just had a misunderstanding about God. Uh, here's what we read. He says, we remember before uh, our God and Father your work produced by faith. And, and this is really important to get the order here. Is your, your work produced, it came from something, faith. Your labor, but it's prompted by love. And your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, that, that described a different type of faith than people had, had really grabbed hold of before. So it's sort of like, um, I don't know, uh, I'll be able to tell generationally, so far this most people have remembered. Any of you remember Schoolhouse Rock? Growing up, right? Conjunction, junction. What's your function? You got it, right? You may not know the Bible, but you know this song. Uh, that's great. Uh, and, but, and are, I'll get you pretty far. And so, so the, uh, the idea is what a difference a, a conjunction can make. Uh, like, for example, I have uh, two daughters, Abby and Bethany. If I say, I love my daughters, Abby and Bethany, that means one thing, Right? If I say, I love my daughters, Abby or Bethany, that means another thing, right? Yeah, that's not so good. And so, it, the, the difference for what this verse is speaking to is living from God's love instead of for God's love. See, see maybe you're grow, you grew up in a religious environment where you, where you were saying, now I didn't grow up with any religion, so I don't, good or bad, not my background. But it was, if I do the right things, then God will love me. Then God, if I do the right things, I'm living for God's love. I'm living for God's blessing. I'm, I'm living for God's direction that somehow, you know, he's keeping everything a mystery, but he'll. And, and what the Apostle Paul is describing is a transformational faith through Jesus Christ where we live from God's love. And from God's blessing. And from God's direction. You see the difference there is? One is what God has already done. And so I have, I have a different kind of confidence. I have a real hope. Because God has accomplished this. And I live from that. I'm not worried all the time. And, and, and maybe here today. You're a parent and you're saying. Okay. You know. How do I transmit faith to my kids and you might you might you say I, I don't my faith is sort of struggling on my own it's really the difference of living for and from and, and and to do that we need to know what that message is and and how to communicate it uh oftentimes when when we think of sharing faith and by by, by the way this is you know again i'll get people like well, you know what, and this is very typical in our society. I don't want to talk about faith. I don't want to convert anyone. And I, all I have to say is I do not believe you. Have you ever met someone who does CrossFit? Right. You don't need to ask them because they've told you already. 
Right, and I know some of you CrossFitters don't throw a tire at me, you know. Uh, but yeah, you try to connect. I mean, I talk to me, well, you know, I go to the gym. Oh, you, you should go to CrossFit. In fact, I just got through pulling a tractor this morning. Climbing a mountain, and you know, and so, uh, and, oh, and not to mention my vegan friends. I mean, I know you do it, and I know it's healthy, and I know, I, do you know why I know it's healthy and I should do it, and how good it is for the animals? Because you've told me over and over again. You, so so we, try to, we try to convert people all the time. The question is about that which is eternal, that which is transformational, that will truly impact eternity. No matter, even if you are like a, a cross-fitting vegan uh, Mac, he's well, not, not to mention those people. <laughs> and you've heard me say it before, you know, Mac PC, what's the difference between a Mac user and a terrorist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. Yeah, the, uh, so, but even if you're a, a vegan CrossFitter Mac user, and everyone did that, th- there's something so deep that it'll change your marriage. It will change, and some of you, and I get this because you're wondering, is life worth living? That is answered in Jesus Christ in the only way it can be answered. See, these deep questions of life, those directional decisions come from a faith in Jesus. And maybe here today you're like, you know what? I've stopped living from. I've, maybe not even living for, I'm living without. And and God wants to change that. See, the Thessalonians had gotten off track. They'd sort of gotten off track in their life in faith. And it's interesting how the the Apostle Paul engages with them. And if you're trying to, to transmit faith, whether it's to your kids, whether just talking to a neighbor, Number one, we're, we start with prayer. And, and, and prayer is, and it's not only how we pray, it's honestly, in some ways, it's what we pray. We read, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. You know what I love about this? Is that he starts with a positive to them and in prayer. He says, we always thank God for you. Now, if, what we're going to learn about the Thessalonians is they had some, uh, some of them were sort of whiners, some had bad beliefs, some were lazy. He doesn't say, I always pray to God that you will not be a lazy whiner. He says, I always think, uh, do the people around you know that you like them? Here, here's a crazy thing uh, that, that some, sometimes we don't get is if people don't think you like them, they're not going to be really open to what you want to share with them. We have people from all backgrounds and cultures and in, our, in our church, but in our society, in our region. And I think it's great as, uh, uh, that we would see that every person is created as an image bearer of God. And they may not be living it out. They may have, you know... Uh, 
a, a different faith. You've heard people from every religion background who come to a faith in Jesus Christ. There are no faith. But it starts with understanding that and saying, God, will you do a work here? Maybe with your kids. By the way, if you, if you want a great prayer life, have a bunch of kids. <laughs> Say, God, will you fix this mess? <laughs> it's a, uh, and then mix good news, good deeds with good news. This is uh, really important. You know, I've talked to people in, in, in a family environment where maybe a, a parent sort of talked one way and then lived another way, which is, by the way, all of us. But the more we can bring those together, psychologists would call that becoming congruent in our life, the more credible our message is. Uh, we read, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And in chapter 2, verse 8, we'll look at later, it says that we shared with you not only the gospel, but our very lives as well. And that's so important for us. But, but, I, but I have seen people where, and even churches, where, you know, hey, we just do good things and hopefully people find out about Jesus. That's, that's totally not biblical. The Bible says, how can someone know the message and someone explains it to them? That God gives us that assignment. Yet it's preceded by just trying to do the right thing. When I uh, came here about 11 years ago, uh, I was warned a couple things. I won't tell you who I was warned about, although I see a few of you. The, uh, but the, uh, as I came here, uh, I, I was told, uh, hey, you know, there had been a problem when they built the building, and the neighbors didn't like it, and the neighbors don't like the church, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so you can, one, you can never have a preschool, and you can never expand. Of course, we've done both. And it didn't appear that we would need to do either of those at the time. Uh, but got to know some of our neighbors, in fact, one that had been the most challenging when they were trying to build this building a number of years ago. Uh, and uh, there, a problem would come up and sort of talk to them about it, and just trying to be a good neighbor. And, and, and uh, when we did our building expansion, instead of a lawsuit this time, we had a cup of coffee. And we just talked through it. Uh, a few years ago, uh, that neighbor passed away. And, and probably the thing that made me most proud of you uh, is got a letter from the widow and said, just wanted to say thank you. I've always felt that you and Timberlake Church have really looked out for us. Do you think there's a different receptivity to the gospel? I think there is. But then we also, you know, the message, and the, and the message is, is something we know, and you say, man, I'm not sure. Well, you're sure about your story, aren't you? When I became a Christian, I didn't know anything about creation or, you know, book of Revelation or any. I just knew my story. And that can be uh, powerful. In fact, you're, you might say, well, Ben, I'm such a mess up. Why would anyone listen to my story? Because they might look at you and say, hey, if God could love them, then, you know, there's hope for me. The, the, in, in, in the Bible... Uh, we're given sort of a, a pattern, and I, I want to just spend a moment here in the book of Romans. Uh, sometimes people call this the Romans Road. I've, I've truncated it a, a bit, and it sort of describes how 
how we biblically explain it. Uh, well, first, you know, God created and loves uh, all of us, but then a problem comes that says, for all have so uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, so this, uh, uh, and, and the problem goes on, the wages of sin is death. And so, and when we understand that, most of us understand we sin, we understand the consequences, maybe not eternally, but we certainly do uh, vocationally, we understand it relationally, maybe in our health. And I think most of us know that there's this disconnect. We just don't know how to bridge the gap. And oftentimes what we'll do is we'll start living for God. God, I'm going to be good enough. Somehow that's going to make it right. But here's what we read in the process. If you declare uh, with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And again, this is all just from the book of Romans. You could find this all over uh, the scripture. And, and, and that really leads to a promise. And this is a great promise that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so maybe you'd use that to share with a friend. Or maybe for you, that's a connect or a reconnect uh, with, with God. I, I was talking to someone even this weekend. And they, they were saying, you know, I'm not sure if I want to. I said, well, why don't you invite God into that place? Like my friend Mark Clark, who spoke here a couple times. And he puts it this way. God doesn't want to change what you do. He wants to change what you want to do. And that comes from living uh, with our hearts open to him. And, and number three, be, become an everyday hero is what I'm talking about. Oftentimes, again, we think of our example uh, and we say, well, you know, I don't have a, maybe the example I wish I had in, in my life. I don't know enough or I'm still dealing with difficulty. Uh, when it, and I won't mention my name because I didn't get his permission, but the, there, uh, there was someone who came here, him and his wife, uh, active part of the church. They both came to faith in Jesus Christ, worked through some struggles. Now he's actually a pastor uh, in, in the Midwest. And, and he would say, when he was talking about his faith, uh, he'd say, I'm not perfect. I'm still a jerk. I'm just not the jerk I used to be. And the interesting thing is, there's something that happens when we take up that mantle. In the home, we know that uh, our kids, for better or for worse, even when they're teenagers, they're like, oh, I'm not going to be anything like you. And you look at them, and you're saying, oh, Lord, help them. They're just like me. <laughs> it, it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, you became imitators of us and the Lord. And, and then it says, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. And number four, run towards the mess. Uh, and, and when it comes to uh, sharing faith in our home, outside of our home, that oftentimes, you know, we're looking for the circumstances to be perfect. And often it's in those times of transition or those times of difficulty, we're most open to God. Now, now I've had this uh, conversation with uh, people and say, well, you know, religion is just for weak people. Well, really, were you here during my last series? You heard some of the leading uh, thinkers and scientists in the world who are deeply committed to Jesus Christ. 
But see, the problem is, is when you're not in one of those points, you think you are God, so you don't know you, you don't think you need God. When everything's going, and, and I hope things are going well for you, but at some point you're going to find out there's a God and you are not God. It says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. This is living from, not for. This means that every single person who's in the middle of a mess matters deeply to God. And that might be you. You might, I mean, look, okay, I know you're a little quiet this morning. Look to the person on the right to you. Just, just look to the person on your right. That person matters to God and is loved by God. Now look to the person, your second choice, the person to the left. Go ahead and do that. They matter. Look at, look at the person behind you. You don't know what they've been up to. Go ahead, go ahead and do that. They matter to God. Look at the person in front of you, especially if you're in the front row. This person matters deeply uh, to God. And when we understand that the mess does not define us, when we understand that as a person, maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm in a good place with God, that God's calling you to run into the mess. Like I talked about the 75th anniversary of Normandy. And there were a group of people who changed. Literally, the world would not be anything like it is today. Except they said, no, I'm running into, not away from, the battle. And maybe for you, it's, maybe it's in your own home. I'm running towards that problem that's ripping us apart. And I'm going to invite God right into the middle of it. Maybe it's a, a co-worker. And I know there's toxic people. I'm not talking about that. Where you say, you know, where everyone else is hands off. And you, and, and you would show the care and concern. And there would be an opening for a faith conversation. And ultimately, it's about us taking a risk. And the risk is having that conversation. The risk is inviting someone to church. The risk is whatever, whatever, sharing your story. And I believe that God is going to continue, continue to do a work. You know, one of the things uh, I, I've seen, had a couple sad conversations, a couple churches that have, were formerly great churches just struggling and in my prayer is that God would do a work on the east side in Seattle because there's a group of people who said we're going to run towards the mess. That, that everyone's wanted, everyone's needed, and no one should stand alone. And fifth, we begin and end with Jesus. Uh, it's interesting, First Thessalonians, uh, every chapter... Uh, really points towards the return of Jesus Christ. And, and you think about that, it happens again uh, and again. As I, and, and my mind wanders sometimes when I read scripture. So I, I was thinking about football seasons coming up uh, in a few weeks, uh, and I've been reminded of it because there's like five or six 10 a.m. games, uh, which means that Satan is real. Uh, 
so the, uh, but, but so there, there's all these, and I know it's going to happen. Not only I know is it going to be funky with, you know, what service you attend. Some of you don't like football, which is good because I'm going to be glad you're here. And, uh, but it, usually what will happen is people will just record the game, watch it later, or you'll just watch it while I'm preaching, which is always fun as well. And uh, so, but, but people, I'll say, hey, you know, you know, we'll just have no hawk talk. We don't want to talk about that just for the people. And, and I'll have people come up to me afterwards and, and go, I know you said not to talk to you about the football game, but you're really going to like it. And I'm like, okay, thank you very little. Or there'll be people who will come up to me and say, uh, Oh, yeah, the game, dude, don't even worry about it. <laughs> you know, not even worth watching. And I was saying, I don't like spoiler alerts, but, but, but when are spoiler alerts, are they ever good? Are they ever good? And, and, I, and you know, there's actually maybe a scenario where it's good. It is maybe if you had, like, bet on the football game, uh, that's not a suggestion. <laughs> I just, uh, but if you had bet on the game, and uh, some of you are thinking, ah, Timberlake Resort and Casino, you know, whatever. <laughs> Don't need to go to Snoqualmie this weekend. Uh, but, the, uh, but if I had bet on the game, and the game was difficult, and the game maybe sometimes didn't even seem winnable, but someone had told me the final outcome, you know what that would create? It would create peace, hope, because I know how it's going to end. And when we begin and end with Jesus Christ, do you know what that creates ultimately? Hope. We read, they tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. And what, what he's doing, what the Apostle Paul is sharing, uh, is he's sharing that, that even though there's some circumstances that are difficult, even though living faith seems hard, even though sharing faith seems hard, that there is an ultimate hope. And maybe today, uh, my prayers for some of us is that God has challenged you to take a step that might be uncomfortable. Maybe it's talking to a, a family member and, and, and you haven't talked to him for a while and you say, you know, I want to rebuild that relationship to where I can share that incredible message of hope for them. It could be in your workplace, in your own nuclear family, or maybe it can be for you personally, where you would say, you know, I, I, I need to receive that message. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.